And welcome, everybody, to episode 95 of the Regression to the Mean podcast. I am your host, Sean Moran. It is just me today on the waiver episode. No Aiden, no Keegan, no worries, though. The show must go on. On today's episode, week six waiver wire targets with fab bids. We have the Green Bay Packers and the Pittsburgh Steelers on a bye. We unfortunately have a laundry list of injuries as well. We're going to break it down all here on the Regression to the Bean podcast. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Fantasy drafts might be over, but you can still put your knowledge to the test and win cash prizes on Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy now has an exclusive offer for new customers. Not only will they double your deposit up to $100, they are offering a mystery pick'em special when you sign up using promo code RTM. Week 6 waivers, we're looking to target players with sub-35% ownership on Sleeper. As is tradition, I cheated a bit today. We have a couple guys that I felt like needed to be called out that are owned over 50%. We'll dive in a bit there. Some stuff that we should be calling out. I already mentioned at the top, two bye weeks this week, the Green Bay Packers and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we're going to need contingency plans for George Pickens, Pat Fryer's out, Deontay Johnson's out. You're not starting Kenny Pickett, you, you know. Jalen Warren, if you're desperate, Najee Harris, I guess you're looking for fill-ins there. Uh, you're also looking for fill-ins for Christian Watson. If you're in a two QB league, Jordan Love, uh, Aaron Jones continues to be out and dealing with a hamstring situation, but probably looking to fill that void as well. I'd say on the injury front, that's where we're really feeling it. Um, key injuries to Anthony Richardson, who has a grade three AC joint sprain in his right throwing shoulder. Uh, he looks to be out uh, for the time being. Um, a lot of Twitter doctors, Twitter experts, you know, they're saying he could be out until week 12 after the bye. We shall see more information to be seen there. Uh, Devin Achan is a, is a player, too, that could be missing some time. Very murky on the status of his knee injury so far this season. This week, you know, Mike McDaniel was speaking in some uh, coded language about what was going on. I don't know what it is. Twitter experts think, Twitter doctors think, could be an MCL sprain. He could play this week. He may sit out. So we may need to be filling a void there. Justin Jefferson injured his hamstring late in that game against the Kansas City Chiefs. He did not return. I don't expect Jefferson to be out there in week six. Daniel Jones' neck injury. Reports are indicating here that Daniel Jones, who again is a borderline drop at this point, uh, but Daniel Jones, who could be a speculative ad with with opportunity to actually do decently against the Commanders in Week Seven, uh, Daniel Jones is supposed to play. Um, Giants optimistic about him playing. A uh, Tank Dell entered the concussion protocol. I don't think he's gonna play Week Six after getting a brain injury. I just I don't I don't see it happening. The only person that's been cleared is Luke Musgrave, and the only reason he was cleared is because he got a concussion on Thursday. He played on Monday, so he had close to two weeks to recover from that concussion. So I'm not expecting Tank Dell to play. James Connor, not a lot of information on what's going on with James Connor's knee injury here. Um, he played about 21 percent of the snaps in Week Five left in what was a pretty juicy matchup against the Bengals. Uh, we'll be speaking a little bit later about his potential backup and replacement, but look out for more news about James Conner. I just, I, there isn't a lot of information. You didn't even see him get hurt, but it was after a big run. The, the next guy worth keeping an eye on is, is Khalil Herbert. 
Uh, reports are he's going to miss time with a high ankle sprain. Wouldn't be shocked if he landed on IR. Uh, that could be pointing that up like maybe week nine, week 10 return for Khalil Herbert. And, you know, that's a dreaded injury. It really saps you of your athleticism. So we're hoping he's able to get back after that. The last injury to, to keep an eye on here is is uh, Travis Kelsey. They play on Thursday. He picks up a DMP tag today on Monday, dealing with a low ankle sprain. Um, that really looked awkward on that injury there. I don't know if he's going to miss much time, um, but it's it's something to keep in mind here that Kelsey could miss. It is a short week. They're playing against a pretty terrible you know, Broncos team in, in defense. They may say Kelsey sit this one out you know, get some rest. We're playing the Chargers. However, you know, Travis Kelsey's a maniac and he's going to want to play. So we'll keep our fingers crossed there on Kelsey. I'm cautiously optimistic he's going to be able to go, but we we shall see. Before moving on to players that we're picking up this week, we got to talk about some guys that I think are worth dropping. Uh, first and foremost, I would not have Dak Prescott on my roster moving forward. He really hasn't been able to give anything so far this season. We called it out in the week four, in the week five preview. Uh, his defense has outscored him by like seven points per game before the week five slaughter against the 49ers. I don't know where that lands out now, uh, but it's, you know, it's not great for Dak Prescott so far this season. I would not be keeping him on my roster. Another guy that, that I'm pretty good to, to drop at this point and who's been ultra disappointing is, is Brandon Cooks. You know, 3.7, 6.7, 2.3. It just doesn't look good for Cooks. It does not look like he has a report deck. It doesn't really look like they know how to use him. He might just be dust. It is time to cut bait with Brandon Cooks. Another guy worth dropping is Dalvin Cook. We all saw how good Brees Hall looked. In week five, I just don't imagine a world where Dalvin Cook is, is going to continue to see more snaps as Brees gets healthier. They play the Eagles next week. That's a tough matchup. Then they go on a bye. You don't need this guy on your roster. He's basically just a stash for Brees Hall in case something happens to Brees. And even then, Michael Carter factors to work in. So I, I'm good. You you can you could cut. Uh, you can cut Dalvin Cook. He, you know, Dak is dust. Brandon Cooks is dusty. Dalvin Cook's the dustiest, if I were going to pick it. So dust, dusty, dustiest in terms of rankings of droppability. Another one is is Matt Breida. I just don't know how much he's rostered right now, and I'm pulling this up here. Rostered in 42% of leagues. You know, he scores 10 points in week three, 12 in week four. He he's lost a ton of touches to Eric Gray in this one in a pretty soft matchup. Saquon should be coming back pretty soon. There's no need to have Breed on your roster if he can't even out-touch Eric Gray against the Dolphins. And then the last guy, I called him out, worth dropping. It's time to drop Sky Moore. Sky Moore is um might he just might not be good. Um again, Dak is dust. Brandon Cooks is dusty. Dalvin Cooks, the dustiest. Matt Breda, not even worth Breda. I'm sorry. Not even worth really discussing. Sky Moore is like the earth's core level of dust. Get him off your roster. He, he does not belong on your fantasy football team. All right. Week six waiver fab bids. You know, the drill. If you've been following along to this channel, 35% ownership, we're going to cheat a little bit. 
I'm going to start off here with running back, considering I think is that is probably the most important position to fill on the waivers, in my opinion. My number one priority here on the waiver wire this week is Tyjay Spears. Tyjay Spears is rostered in 36% of leagues. When I'm looking at Tyjay Spears, I'm looking at a semi-aggressive bid of around 15% of your fab. Here's really the reason why. Here's the here's Tyjay's splits versus Derrick Henry this season. 51% of the snaps to Derrick Henry's 57. 21% of the attempts to Derrick Henry's 68%. And by attempts, I mean overall rushing and receiving attempts. 41% of the routes to 26 for Henry, 13% of the targets to 6% for Henry. Tyjay's expected fantasy points per game, 9.2. Derrick Henry's expected fantasy points per game, 13.5. So Derrick Henry, by far and away, is the starter in this offense. I am making no claims that he is not. However, this is much more of a timeshare than I think a lot of us were expecting heading into this season. Tyjay's looked very effective when given the opportunity and given the ball this season. And I think that his role is pretty clear. When the Titans are losing, Taija is going to be involved to a high degree. And when the Titans are winning, it's going to be the King Henry show kind of putting away games. I think Spears offers flex appeal uh, weekly in a pinch, especially with buys and injuries. But I think if anything were to happen to Derrick Henry, you know, who's in his eighth season and has a ton of mileage, uh, Taija has the kind of like that league winning and i know it sounds a little cringy to say league winning but bear with me mean team uh i think he has that kind of league winning upside so i'm going with ty j spears here as my number one priority at running back next guy that i'm really gonna get i don't know if i'm gonna get aggressive with but someone that i think really you should be targeting at running back is jeff wilson jr so jeff wilson he's rostered in 24 percent of sleeper leagues right now I wouldn't be super aggressive, but I, I, like with Tyjay where it's a 15% bid, I'm looking at 8 to 10% fab bid with Jeff Wilson. I have no idea if A-Chan is going to miss time, but I wouldn't be shocked if Jeff Wilson makes his way into this backfield, makes this more of like a three-headed committee, which would not be that ideal. And if A-Chan were to miss time, Jeff Wilson last season, if we pull that up here, he really was kind of the preferred running back down the stretch. He he really was an awesome pickup here for, for multiple weeks. If he were to be able to stay healthy, he would split that backfield pretty evenly, in my opinion, with Raheem Mostert. And um, I think it would make a ton of sense if you had A-Chain or A-Chan to have Jeff Wilson as your insurance option. Um he needs to be rostered. He's he's a stash, but if A-Chan goes down, Mostert goes down. I mean, you're looking at a top 24 running back play weekly. So I I, uh, I would look to prioritize Jeff Wilson. I wouldn't get super aggressive. I'm a 49er fan. I watched a ton of uh, Jeff Wilson. I've always been a little bit of a hater on the guy, even though he's a good player, runs violently. I think he brings a good attitude and toughness. But again, Raheem Mostert, in my opinion, has always been a better running back than Jeff Wilson. But I think it would make sense to make a play with him on the wire. 8 to 10%. Don't get too aggressive. The next guy that I think is worth picking up here at running back is Kendra Miller. So Kendra Miller's rostered in about 22% of sleeper leagues. I'm looking at a 5 to 8% bid here on Kendra Miller. He's really more of a stash play in my opinion. Kamara is the lead back, but Miller had a nice week five. And because of that usage, because he looked good in this role, I really do think he merits a bench stash. In week five, 35% of the snaps, 28% of the attempts, 30% of the routes, 15% of the targets, 15% 15 
15% target share is great. This game got out of hand. You know, I, I don't know the splits between Kamara and Miller in garbage time. I'm sure that probably played into it. Um, he had the 14th most expected fantasy points in week five, finished with the 15th most. So he was efficient in the opportunities he was given. I think he's very much worth a stash, but I mean, this is Kamara's backfield pretty clearly here. The next guy, he's probably the headliner, and that's the Amari Demarcado, uh, the, the guy who backed up Kendra Miller at TCU. Um, 24-year-old rookie, undrafted player, 2% rostered. He was pretty good when he played. Um, he, he got around 77% of the snaps with James Conner going down early. Um, Demarcado finished with 77% of the snaps, as I said, 45% of the attempts, 63% of the routes, 9% of the targets. That's a pretty damn good role for, for Demarcado. He looked pretty good when given the opportunity. I think they just have a good run game. Uh, to be quite frank here with the Cardinals and what they're running out there. You know, if James Conner were to miss time, I wouldn't be shocked if Demarcado split touches with Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore is an interesting guy we're taking a look at too. Don't know if I get super crazy with Rondell, but I think Rondell is going to figure into this this rushing attack if Conner were to miss time. But in week five, Demarcado had the 11th most valuable role amongst running backs. So you you, you got to take that seriously. They've got a matchup against the Rams coming up. I have no idea if Connor is going to continue to miss time. And again, Demarcado is the, the third running back. Typically, Keontae Ingram um, was inactive as well. So I don't know Keontae Ingram's status. You're kind of wading through the waters here in terms of who you're going to work with. And that's why I'm not going to get super aggressive with this one. Three to six percent fab bid. This seems like kind of a bit of a trap, but he was efficient. He had a great role. We like this rush offense. It's worth a dart throw and a speculative start if Connor were to miss time. But again, 3 to 6% of your fab. Don't get too crazy here. Uh, the one that's cheating that's over 305. I mean, I'm sorry. Fucking me. Oh, my God. I'm not used to doing this by myself. Um, the one that's over 35% is Roshan Johnson at 52% here. So Khalil Herbert's set to miss around like two to three weeks with a high ankle sprain. He would be a plug-and-play every week starter if Herbert is out, in my opinion. Um, Roshan's looked pretty good in the limited opportunities he's gotten, especially in garbage time as a pass catcher. Um, he's going to split time with Dante Foreman. Dante Foreman was a healthy scratch. So it, it, I'm, I'm curious to know how this shakes out. And Johnson did leave last Thursday's game with a concussion, so we'll keep an eye on his status. But remember, Luke Musgrave... He had a concussion last Thursday. He was able to actually come out and play this week against the Raiders. I think it's a possibility that Roshan plays this week, given that he has extra time to clear protocol. This is how the Bears' offense has worked for the past couple of years. You know, last year, Monty would get two drives. Herbert would get one. This year, it's been Herbert gets two. Johnson gets one. I'm expecting Johnson to get two and Dante Foreman to get one. Could we get rug pulled and Foreman gets two and Johnson gets one? It's a possibility. And Johnson just stays in his role as, you know, the garbage time back or the receiver back. I would expect Roshan to get m more carries than Dante Foreman. Um, Johnson's roster in 51% of leagues. If he's dropped 15%, I'd get semi-aggressive. You know, he's a rookie. He's looked good. We liked him as a prospect coming out of Texas. So... I like the play. I think this offense is ascending to a degree. I think Justin Fields looks good. So why not get the running back attached to Justin Fields? 
And then Dante Foreman, 14% rostered. I would not spend much, but, you know, Johnson, if he doesn't clear concussion protocol, you know, Foreman would be set to take on a, a decent amount of touches against Minnesota. So, I don't know. Foreman is the least priority. Running it back here. Tajay, number one priority. Wilson, number two. Kendra Miller, number three. Demogrado, number four. I'd bump Roshan all the way up here to, to number probably one or probably one. I'd have Roshan here as number one, but he's rostered in 52% of leagues. So that's why I'm adding him here at the end. But that's running back. It's not great, folks. It it really isn't. Bench stashes and dart throws. You got Johnson and Demarcado potentially spot starts. And the rest are really just dart throws. Wide receiver. It really isn't great either, guys. You know, I'm just gonna be super blunt with you, but we're on the regression of the mean channel. We're all about making lemonade out of lemons. I gotta learn that phrase. I I keep fucking that up. Okay, so the first priority here at wide receiver, I think this one's pretty easy. You're going to see this across a decent amount of lists. It's Josh Downs. Um, So the last two weeks, Josh Downs has emerged as a clear wide receiver, too, in this offense. He's rostered in 27% of leagues. I would be pretty aggressive with Downs, 15 to 18%. I'd be aggressive for a couple reasons. Roll and then upside if anything were to happen with Pittman. Also, I just don't think Alec Pierce is that good, and Downs is already emerging as, as a better option than Pierce. So over the last two weeks... Downs has 70, 17% of the targets. He's first in team receiving yardage share. He's first in yards per route run. He's first in yards per target. He's second in air yard share. And he's first in fantasy points and second in expected fantasy points. And this is amongst Colts pass catchers. Um, it's a slam dunk for Downs, in, in my opinion. He's garnering more downfield targets. He was an excellent slot receiver coming out of UNC. He's been super solid to start this year, and I think his game works pretty well with Gardner Minshew, and we're expecting Gardner Minshew for the foreseeable future. So I think he pairs pretty well. I think he's worth picking up. He's kind of a nice little start and a pinch out of the flex. And you heard this last week when I poetically waxed about Michael Wilson, who finished with 2.8 fantasy points uh, this week. But I'm all about young wide receivers. Downs really hasn't had his breakout yet. I think his breakout's coming. So I, I like Josh Downs a, a ton. I'd say he's probably the number one priority on the wire. I, I have another guy who's my number one priority, and I'll get to it a little bit later. The second wide receiver that I'm taking a look at here is Curtis Samuel. So Curtis Samuel is rostered in 28% of leagues. I'm looking at a 5 to 8% bid. Oh, and, and on Downs, 15 to 18% fab bid. Uh, Curtis Samuel rostered again, 27% of leagues, 5 to 8% fab bid. Uh, over the past two weeks, Curtis Samuel is the wide receiver 12 with wide receiver 13 usage, much to the chagrin of Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin bag holders. Uh, he has the same target share as Jahan Dotson, a higher yards per route run than both Terry McLaurin and Dotson. He has the same amount of targets as Dotson, and he has the same target per route run as Terry. These guys are like all having very similar roles. He's running clearly the third target in terms of routes behind uh, shockingly Dotson, McLaurin, and uh, Logan Thomas. But the way that they use him is really creative. He's an efficient player. 18 fantasy points in back-to-back weeks. Seven plus targets in back-to-back weeks. He's looked really good and Sam Howe clearly trusts him. Um, 
he's a weekly flex consideration, especially with bye weeks coming up and injuries. Don't get too crazy, though, because I wouldn't be shocked if in week six, seven, and eight, he returns back to scoring six or seven points. But he's cleared over 11 fantasy points in three out of five matchups. That's, that's pretty damn solid uh, for Curtis Samuel there. The, I don't know if the last guy here, but the, the one that people are going to be talking about a decent amount is uh, KJ Osborne. Um, oh, geez. I'm not the biggest Osborne fan. Not a big believer in really his talent. And I've been frustrated that Jordan Addison's been a clear three to, to KJ Osborne this season. He's rostered in 17% of leagues. I'm talking three to 5% fab bid here, people. But he does have a pretty soft matchup against the Chicago Bears in Week 6. We don't know the status yet of Justin Jefferson. I would be shocked if he's out there in Week 6. Um, the Vikings have one of the highest pass rates in the NFL this season. I think Jordan Addison is going to be the prime beneficiary of you know Jefferson being out. But K.J. Osborne runs a ton of routes. He's on the field a ton. And he saw nine targets in this game, especially with... With Jefferson out, and he ducked at a target in the end zone. He was scared of the ball coming at him. Not a great look for Osborne. Again, I don't think he's that great of a football player, but the volume is probably going to be there. You could start him in a pinch, honestly. The last one here, um, and I would put 0 to 1% fab, but I just want to throw out a deep, deep, deep sleeper here for the sickos. Um, I'm in a couple sicko leagues where I definitely am just desperately looking for another person to throw in the flex. Uh, with these big rosters. Uh, Trenton Irwin, uh, he's rostered in 0% of leagues, started in 0% of leagues. Uh, this is probably one of the grosser recommendations I've ever make, made on this channel. But this dude was a problem in week five. With T. Higgins out, 21% of the target share, 10 targets on 19% of the team receiving yard share, 31% of the air yard share, set 14 fantasy points with the 15th most expected fantasy points on the week. He also had a 26% first read share. He was the clear number two behind Jamar Chase in this offense this week. That does not look good for Tyler Boyd. It's probably more telling that you should go drop Tyler Boyd because Tyler Boyd wasn't able to produce with T. Higgins out of the lineup. Actually, you probably should just drop Tyler Boyd. Uh, but Trent Irwin, I don't know if this is sticky or not, but they haven't been able to really do anything behind Jamar Chase this season. Higgins has really only been good in one game. Irv Smith hasn't gotten anything done. Joe Burrow looks healthier. Maybe this is a flash in the pan, um, but this is a little bit of an interesting dart throw here, especially if you're you're playing in really deep leagues and, and you need something in a pitch pinch. But that's it. Not great. Really not, not great. If you come over here and trends, who's trending up at wide receiver? Curtis Samuel, Josh Downs. Josh Reynolds, he looked really good. Um, but he's rostered in 53% of leagues. Maybe somebody dropped him. He's worth picking up here. Jaden Reed, you know, that Packers offense doesn't look that great. They're coming off a bye. I like Jaden Reed talent, but it kind of looks like all targets here are consolidating to Christian Watson with him back in the fold. So I don't know. I don't know. I This is, this is a bummer, and this is a real bummer here going to the next position. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm really in it difficult spot here with Anthony Richardson set to miss time. I have situations where Daniel Jones is my backup and he's injured. So this, this is a nightmare. And I'd say my number one priority this week would be Sam Howell. 
Uh, he he really would be. And it's not the best matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. He's rostered in 36% of leagues. I'm looking at a 5 to 8% bid here. Over the past two weeks, though, Sam Howell's been the QB5 in fantasy. Atlanta, again, isn't the best matchup for QBs. But they aren't a bad one. His next four games, Falcons, Giants, Eagles, Patriots. All of these are pretty decent matchups, to, to be frank here. I think you can start him confidently. You know, it's kind of like, remember Mitch Trubisky back in the day? And I know they went to UNC, so it's a lazy comp. But remember starting Mitch Trubisky back in the day? And it was like, eh, it didn't look pretty. But you'd look up and he'd have like 20 fantasy points. I mean, outside of that terrible Buffalo game, and this is what Buffalo does to quarterbacks, they make it very hard for them in fantasy. He's been legit. He he really has been. Um, so I'd say he's my number one priority this week. Bummer. Bummer. But, you know, that's that's where we're at here in the season. Two other quarterbacks that I definitely think are worth taking a look at that are rostered in over 50% of leagues. The first one is Matthew Stafford. So 55% rostered, 29% started. So there's plenty of people playing Stafford on sleeper. He's fourth in passing yards this season, but he's 22nd in passing touchdowns. His career, he's averaged a 4.6 TD percentage. This year, he's averaging a 2.5 TD percentage. Uh, Regression is coming. I'd say Matthew Stafford is a prime positive regression candidate. Shout out the Regression to the Mean podcast, baby. If you haven't subscribed, you know what to do. Thank you so much. He is now facing off against a Cardinals defense that has surrendered the sixth most passing touchdowns this season in the fourth most passing yards. This is the ideal streamer. If he's out there, pick up Stafford. You're, you're replacing Richardson, I think, with ease with Matthew Stafford, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, Pitt's kind of a decent matchup. Dallas is, eh, whatever. Like, he, he's got some decent opportunities. And with Cooper Cup back, Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, these are just hilarious names. I'm, and Tyler Higby. It's a really solid pass-catching core that they've assembled around Stafford. Keep him upright. I think he's going to be passing the ball a shit ton the last guy that i'm picking up here and a lot of people might have dropped him but you know 59 raw you know he's rostered 59 percent of leagues he was on a buy four percent started what are we doing here people <sighs> cincinnati's not a great matchup against quarterbacks but he gets arizona the next week and we just highlighted that arizona is a pretty cheddar matchup five to eight percent similar for matthew stafford five to eight percent so all these quarterbacks five to eight percent fab it's been a weird year for geno They've been pretty run heavy. They've also lost like four out of five starters on this offensive line. They're coming off a bye. I expect their offensive line to get better. Cincinnati's been relatively solid against quarterbacks. Arizona's a pretty juicy matchup. I just feel like I could trust Geno Smith as like a good quarterback. And I think some of the stats are going to come along as the season comes along. And he's somebody, if I put him in my lineup, I feel a lot better about it. Like, than Sam Howell. I just, I just don't think that I'm going to turn on the TV and see Geno Smith throw his fourth interception or Sam Howell. You're clearly going to see it. So, because he did it against the Bills. So I just think he's safer. I don't, I don't honestly, the ceiling feels better with Sam Howell. I, it's, it's, again, this is a really sad place to be if you have Anthony Richardson bags here. Um, but I think he's worth picking up as an ideal Richardson replacement, but 59% roster. Like we're, we're cheating here. We clearly are the last one. And this is for the sickos, right? 
This is truly a sicko recommendation here. Uh, one of the guys I've sent to fantasy jail several times, somebody who, you know, his crimes against fantasy, we've got the Geneva Convention, G- Geneva Convention talking about it here. He's rostered in 12% of leagues, but that's Desmond Ritter. Um, I'm talking 1% to 2%. People do not get crazy with Mr. Ritter. Uh, he looked really good, though, against Houston, and Houston's been a good defense against quarterbacks. <laughs> 28 for 37, 329 a touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown as well. No one wins there. Um, the commanders just let Justin Fields throw for four touchdowns. Uh, Ritter has two starts where he scored over 22 fantasy points. He has three where he's gone under nine. Two of those 22-point games have happened at home, though. Ritter's playing Washington at home. This is bottom-of-the-barrel stuff. Um, you're in a desperate situation here, but if you had to take a complete flyer dart throw on somebody this week, especially in a two QB league, potentially, I like Desmond Ritter. I I can't believe it. This is, this is a dark time for the regression of the mean channel when I'm out here pumping up Desmond Ritter. So I have Sam Hell 5 to 8%, Matthew Stafford 5 to 8%, Geno Smith 5 to 8%. I think I'd like Sam Hell. I like his ceiling the most, but I just think he's going to be kind of volatile. Matthew Stafford seems pretty damn safe, honestly. I'm just worried about his offensive line. And Geno Smith kind of seems like a buy low. If he's on the wire because someone got impatient with his performance this season, I would scoop him up and scoop him up relatively confidently. Moving on to tight ends here. This is really, I don't know. The tight ends are relatively interesting this week. I know, I'm, it's, this is gross. Guys, if you're following along here, we appreciate you. You are you are my kind of people. If you're this far and you're thinking about streaming some tight ends this week, first recommendation here is Dalton Schultz, rostered in 44% of leagues, started in 18% of sleeper leagues. Um, so kind of cheating. He's really come on the last two weeks, 13.2 points, 19.5 points. He's averaged the fourth most fantasy points per game at the tight end position during this stretch. Tank Dell's in concussion protocol. Robert Woods is dealing with a rib injury. We could see a healthy amount of targets here. He saw 10 targets against the Falcons. Now, the Falcons have hemorrhaged points uh, to tight ends this season, and we'll get into that a little bit later uh, with the next recommendation. He plays against the Saints. The Saints are pretty stout against tight ends, but this is the tight end position. I really think you could do worse than starting Dalton Schultz here before the bye. It would make a ton of sense if Tank Dell and Robert Woods don't play this week against the Saints. This is at home. I kind of like Dalton Schultz. 10 targets, people. 10 targets. We're going to run with that, all right? We're going to run with that whenever a tight end sees 10 targets. The last recommendation here at tight end is none other than than 32-year-old converted quarterback Logan Thomas, who had 11 targets in week five, which is kind of bonkers. This season, he is the tight end 11, um, and he's on tight end 7 usage, which is pretty remarkable uh, if you dive into it, considering Logan Thomas has basically been hurt for like two years. Uh, He plays the Falcons, a team that has surrendered close to 18 fantasy points per game to tight ends in week 6. 11 targets in week 5. Yeah, I mean, he's about as good as a streamer as you're going to get. He's rostered in 20% of leagues. 3% 3% of Fab on Logan Thomas, 5% on Dalton Schultz. Don't get too crazy here, folks. Uh, 
don't get too crazy. It is, it's a wild world out there when we're recommending Logan Thomas and we're recommending Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz is somebody who's been pretty relevant. I'm trying to think here. Jonu Smith is, is, I mean, he continues to be pretty relevant. He's rostered in 23% of leagues. Week two, 8.7 points. Week three, 8.7 points. Week four, 15.5. Week, week five, 10.7. Kyle Pitts is starting to emerge a little bit, so I think that's making us cool off of Janu. but he's the tight end 13 on the season. You probably can do worse at the tight end position considering Washington just got gashed by Cole Komet in week five against the Bears. Last one here is Luke Musgrave. They're going on a bye, but M- Musgrave continues to have a pretty damn good role. Scored 19.4 fantasy points. If I'm looking at Janu, I'm looking at 1-2% to of Fab. Don't get crazy. Luke Musgrave I'd bump him up to probably 4 to 5% considering he's a rookie, but he's looked pretty good when he's been on the field. He's had now three out of his five games where he's gone over eight fantasy points at the tight end position. We're going to take that and run with it every day of the week. Wow. That's, uh, that's some good stuff, people. We appreciate you for following along, supporting the mean team. If you got any questions lineup decisions you can drop them in the comments below on this video you can also reach out to us at rtm fantasy on twitter give us a follow on tiktok if that's how you consume short form content and uh if you like uh instagram reels we're there too thank you everybody for tuning in we appreciate you keegan and aiden i don't like doing this without you we're going to be getting him back for the week six preview and we are close to 100 episodes we're close to 100 episodes people That is insane. Thank you so much for following along, jumping on this train, going on this journey with us, with me. It's been an incredible, incredible time so far. And we're only getting started. We got fantasy leagues to win. We got money to take home. We have friends we got to beat. We are just getting started, ladies and gentlemen. There are no ladies. Just gentlemen. All right, everybody. Until next time. Peace.